Today on the news and why it matters, right after his big Nevada win, Bernie Sanders doubles down on uh, his compliments to Fidel Castro. Got a lot to get into there. Also, the coronavirus hits Italy, what that might mean for everyone. Do not change the channel. It starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez today, thankfully joined by the one and only Glenn Beck because we have got a bunch of Glenn Beck-esque topics to get into. <laughs> it is kind of an end of the world day. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we're happy that you're here. Uh, also, Jason Howerton, social media guru of uh, Blaze Media, Jason Howerton, and good friend, old friend of Blaze Media, Nick Pitts. You've not been here in forever. I know. It feels good. The keys still work, and so you guys are letting me in, and so <laughs> it's good to be here. Yeah, in. I know. It's good to be back. You're yeah. doing good yeah. so far. Uh, all right. A lot to get into. First, I uh, want to talk about Bernie Sanders. He, of course, won in Nevada. No surprise there in the uh, Nevada Democratic Primary Caucus. Um <sighs> He, he tweeted out after after he won. He said, we just won the Nevada caucus. This grassroots movement is unstoppable. Together, let's win the Democratic nomination, defeat Trump, and transform the country. Uh, I think he means that when he says transform. It, that's not just uh, hyperbolic. I'm pretty sure he really does mean transform the country. Um, I want to talk about that, but I also want to get to get your thoughts on uh, Bernie Sanders defending his 1980 comments pre Fidel Castro. He was on a 60 Minutes interview that aired over the weekend. Uh, they showed him some of his his comments praising Castro, and he didn't say he was sorry at all. In fact, he kind of doubled down on it. Watch. Here he is explaining why the Cuban people didn't rise up and help the U.S. overthrow Cuban leader Fidel Castro. And he educated the kids, gave them health care, totally transformed the society. We're very opposed to the authoritarian nature of Cuba. But, you know, you got, it's unfair to simply say everything is bad. You know, when Fidel Castro came into office, you know what he did? He had a massive literacy program. Is that a bad thing? Even though Fidel Castro did it? There's a lot of dissidents imprisoned in, in Cuba. That's right. And we condemn that. Unlike Donald Trump, let's be clear, you want to, I do not think that Kim Jong-un is a good friend. I don't trade love letters with a murdering dictator. Vladimir Putin, not a great friend of mine. Glenn, um, you know, Hitler, he did kill all hey, millions of Jews. Yeah, but, but the Autobahn right. and the Volkswagen. Mm. Thank the you. The Volkswagen is a great car, and the Autobahn is the world's first highway. What about his youth program? That's yeah, right? his youth program. It was great until then, and then it got a little dicey. But <laughs> that's insanity. That's insanity. And I would ask Bernie Sanders, I wish Anderson's follow-up question was, well, that's great. You, you will point out the good things of a murderous dictator. And you don't want to say everything's bad. Tell me some great things about America and Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Can you do that? Because all I hear from the left is how bad America always is mm -hmm. and how Donald Trump is the worst. Mm -hmm. Well, give him the McDonald's French fry test. I understand if you say McDonald's food sucks. Great. I got it. I don't agree with you, but I understand. But if you can't tell me that at least their French fries are great, <laughs> you have no credibility. So... Bernie, tell me what Donald Trump's McDonald French fry is. Mm -hmm. Can you do that? Mm. No. The guy is, is not a socialist, not a democratic socialist. The guy is a communist. Mm -hmm. 
And, and, and that just should be understood, and I can back that up, but I'll do that in a minute after everybody else has a chance to talk. <laughs> I don't want to... And, and, and yet, Jason, he still won Nevada. Yes, he did, and, and I think I, the, the lens I'm looking at this through now is like, I, if he wins the, 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 the primary, and he's the nominee, I tr- and I don't want to you know, pull a Democrats, what they did with Donald Trump, but I think Trump will roll him. I think that would energize the Republican base, the fear of socialism coming to America, unlike anything else. I think he would destroy Bernie. But mm. it says more to me, I'm thinking about my two, we were talking about our kids, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about my two kids, how we've already come so far in such a short period of time that a literal socialist might be the Democratic nominee. And remember, Barry Goldwater was the radical of the right Right. in 68, lost, was buried, but he gave birth to the Reagan era. Mm -hmm. What is he giving birth to with our kids? Yeah, I think it's important to be able to understand there's we want to point to the, the socialist, kind of the economics behind it, the $60 trillion that he's proposing relative to programs. But I think it's just as important for us to see the revolutionary component of that socialism ethic as well, that he is tapping into an unrest and a distrust within American society with the anti-establishment bent to a very radical degree that I would argue is extremely dangerous. And that only happens, saying. that can only happen when the elites have screwed up for so long mm-hmm that you create this mm-hmm. perfect storm and a, somebody like a Bernie comes to fill it and you've got a bunch of, of angry radicals who then start this kind of a movement and now it's, I feel like, it feels to me like it's getting away from the country I, a little bit. I think you have to look into what the chicken and the egg is. And mm-hmm. I said a minute ago, I can prove, I invite you to read the Salon article Uh, on why Bernie Sanders will do so well and why he's the beginning of the real socialist movement. It is a manifesto unlike I've ever read. I mean, I couldn't believe... Ten years ago, I would have thought it's a parody. Mm -hmm. They are so clear about what this means for the socialist movement. They're cheering it on. They are talking about the absolute total destruction of the capitalist system. They're talking about confiscation of wealth and companies, how they need to block these companies from taking their money out Mm -hmm. the closer we get to this election because companies will freak out because of a socialist. So how are they going to, with the power they do have now, how can they block that money from leaving and, and hobble the capitalists? It is, it speaks of revolution, but hopefully not a bloody revolution. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean revolution is always bloody. Mm-hmm. And this is the mentality. On Wednesday, I'm going to show you the people all around that designed Bernie Sanders' campaign and are designing his policies on Wednesday night special. It's terrifying. America has to understand we are not dealing with a, a Scandinavian. Yeah. We are dealing with a Soviet. So... How is it, and maybe you explain this in in your special, but I'm just having trouble grasping what the disconnect is between the, you know, how good it is right now, right? Like you're saying he's tapping into this unrest. It depends on who you're talking to. But anyone in America is so much better off than, you know, I mean. Mm -mm. Yes, maybe financially better Mm -hmm. off, but mentally, you got to remember, why did did, uh, the news come out about Donald Trump? He's. The Russians are in the bag for him again. Do you know that 
the National Security Advisor said, I don't have any of that. Yeah. That came from Adam Schiff's secret committee. And read that article, and while they don't connect them, they say we have to make sure that people understand that you can't trust the voting system. This is chicken and egg. They are creating and laying the foundation. And for half of the country, they've been laying it for 100 years, but in the last 15, they've been laying it brick by brick, and people are seeing the world a different way. You know what's scary is how subversive Oh, it's the, the way that this ha- has had, like, and I'm pretty young. I'm 32. Today's my birthday, actually. Hey, oh, happy birthday. birthday. So <laughs> I'm 32, but over the last, like, decade, I've seen this subversive, just piece by piece, march to where we are now. 16, and at 19. the time, I can't even remember watching, like, you on Fox. And at the time being like, I don't know if that's really what's happening. Like, there's a lot of steps to get to, and then here I am at 32, and again, we're talking about the makings of a revolution, a socialist revolution in America. So I'm like, I, I maybe missed the boat a little yeah, bit. Yeah, R- Rossi Thout has got, done some great work with his book, uh, A Decadent Society. We're continually cutting off the ties from the past, and there's a bleak mm-hmm. hopelessness that when we look into the future, we see the deaths of despair that's on the uptick right now, the suicide rate that's on the uptick. Mm-hmm. Opioid uh, epidemic uh, overdoses is downtick this past year, but over the past five-year stretch has continued to skyrocket. We see consumer debt at all-time highs, savings at lows right now. And so we're seeing this. It we From a... 30,000 foot perspective, it kind of looks good. But when we look at the micro pieces of this and the data points, things aren't doing as well as they should be doing right now. And in turn, individuals are looking who to blame. And what Bernie, I believe, has done brilliantly, but I think destructively, is he's pointed to the other person in the institutions, which has just fomented this unrest within the American society, which I think will have detrimental results. That's it. The thing that strikes me about Bernie, that's his whole message. It's always pointing at somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, even when you ask him, like, a straight-up question, it, it's them. It's mm-hmm. the company. It's this. Like, it's all that. And it, and it works. It's effective. Mm-hmm. And, and it's obviously... I first went to Israel, and I went, if you've ever been in the old city, the Palestinian section and the Israeli section is just an archway. It's just, all of a sudden, you're on one side of the archway, you're in the Palestinian section, other side of the archway, you're in Israel, uh, you're in the Jewish quarter. And, and I remember walking through, and I had no idea what I was doing, just, I was off the plane for maybe four hours, and I'm walking, and I'm walking with a guide, and I said, and I walked through, and it was dingy, dark, and dirty, and clean, and bright, and white. And it was an archway that was the difference. And I walked through, and I stopped, and I looked back, and I looked at the guy that was with me, and I said, what just happened? What, what is, why is this so different? He said, that's the Palestinian section. This is the Israeli section. And I, it, it all of a sudden dawned on me. It's, this, it's like our inner cities and our suburbs, except it's only two feet apart. Mm-hmm. And the difference is that stark, two feet apart. Mm-hmm. And the difference is one set of politicians are saying, you can't do it because of them. Mm-hmm. And the other is like, pay no attention to anybody, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the difference. And that's what we have going on in our country right now. Mm-hmm. It's either you... Hell no, I did build this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to build something even greater tomorrow, or get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's our choice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, up next, Michael Bloomberg apparently has released the three women from their non-disclosure agreements, what that might mean for the 2020 election. Uh, but first, Black Rifle Coffee Company. It is a veteran-owned and operated premium small batch roast-to-order coffee company for people who love America, also people like Jason who oh, have a newborn. It's so good. <laughs> I am... I have a four-bag subscription, no are you, lie. Are you, you're and, living and off of Black I, Rifle right now. It's not enough. I'm going to have to go to like eight at yeah. this point. It, it, I mean, Man, it does come in handy if you have a newborn and you're not sleeping. But uh, the, the key here is that they roast their coffees for you after you place your order. So you really are getting the freshest coffee available. They've got a ton of different blends that you can choose from. Jason, what's your favorite? Murdered Out. Oh, I haven't tried that one. Oh, it's good. Uh, but have you tried the calf blend? Yes. The, okay, so it's double caffeinated, which yes. for you would also be ideal. True. So you may want to try die, it. I though, because I have like five cups. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got to space them out. All right, don't do the calf blend. Freedom I roast forget and it. <laughs> murdered out. Those are the, my top two. All right, well, I, I use the calf blend. I love it. It gives me that pick me up in the morning that I need. Um, but you can also join Black Rifle Coffee Club, which lets you get your coffee shipped to your home or office for free every month. So you're getting a discount on the blends that you want and you're getting free shipping and you don't run out of coffee late at night when you're trying to reload the coffee maker for the next morning. You got to go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. That is blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. If you use promo code Y, you'll get 20% off. That includes Black Rifle Coffee Club. That's a discount on top of a discount. For those of you who need help with math, you got to go there. It is a blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. A new Zogby Analytics uh, poll apparently has a Sanders-Warren ticket beating Trump-Pence 48% to 45%. Uh, Zogby said in his survey analysis, he said, make no mistake, this is a close race, but the senators from neighboring New England states are able to pull ahead of Trump and Pence by winning with their base and swing voters. Sanders and Warren could win the popular vote, but Trump and Pence still have the advantage of the coalition of working class and blue-collar voters. And, you know, it could have the same outcome of 2016, where uh, Trump and Pence just win the Electoral College and not the popular vote. Glenn, should, how much stock should we even be putting in these polls, considering all the polls told us in 2016 that Hillary Clinton was going to win? And here we are. I don't know, but stock is a good word to use, because if it looks at all like that, mm -hmm. you will you will start between coronavirus and Bernie Sanders being the nominee. And if it looks seriously like he has a chance, we will go into a depression uh, by the first quarter of next year. You will see money taking flight out of this country like there's no tomorrow because people will believe mm -hmm. in America. It used to be a stable place to do business with a socialist slash communist at board who wants to end it, wants to end capitalism, that money will take, fly. Take me into a, the, the mind of somebody like a Bernie Sanders who is a revolutionary. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Because does that cause it? Yeah. To mm -hmm. if, look, George, uh, George Bush was running. The first, Bear Stearns, nobody listened to the Bear Stearns mm -hmm. point. They freaked out and then they all went on their business. Bear Stearns collapses in July. It wasn't until September or October that we actually have the real collapse, the financial collapse of 2008. 
John McCain, as soon as that thing started to become weak, John McCain didn't have a chance because that's George Bush's economy. Mm-hmm. In, this could happen. You could have a collapse in October and they will win. And especially if he's not paying attention to coronavirus and we're not doing the things we have to do for coronavirus, China is headed towards possibly uh, depression, but certainly a recession. That's 20% of the GDP of the world. Yeah, and, and consider, one, you've got the tariff situation that's trickling, that still continues to trickle yep. out. So what, what President Obama's auto bailout is uh, pales in comparison to President Trump's fa- farm bailout that's happened right now. It's twice as large as the auto bailout. So that's important to remember because that's going to hit those heartland states, which again goes back to uh, national polling is great to get a, a good temperature of the company, but at the end of the day, it's still state winning state elections that mm-hmm. send those delegates out. So it's still a state's game. The second thing I need, the best thing that you have to remember is that the economy is the, Trump's best foot forward right Unless now. Unless it goes and, south. And if it goes south, then just watch the, the snowball begin to take effect because in reality, the markets are going to begin to adjust for that. They're going to begin to adjust if the polling starts swinging at the very end for a, a potential President Sanders, which in turn will continue to create a bigger snowball effect come November. So it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I'm still not putting a lot of weight on, on some of these early polling, but it does reveal the temperature of Americans significantly around the idea of changing. If things stayed stable economically and health-wise, um, I think we're going to be fine. Donald yeah. Trump should crush them. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's hubris. It may be old think. It may be that I'm, you know, in my 50s and I just view the world differently than, you know, the 20-somethings do. This is the closest anyone's been to a real, true, Soviet-style yeah. revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is going to have big money from all over the world. All the socialists from everywhere will be actively doing whatever they can to, uh, to support that. I'm hoping that nothing happens, but that requires a stable world, and we are not living in one right now. Um, it's anybody's I, game. I want to get into the coronavirus um, here in a few minutes, but you know, we're touching on the coronavirus and how it, it could affect the American economy. Do you see the average voter still, bl- I mean, to not vote for Donald Trump if the coronavirus takes a hit, you know, makes the economy take a hit, that would kind of be like blaming, that's blaming Donald Trump, right, for... Mm-hmm. So here's the a health issue. Here's the problem. Right now, China doesn't know what they are going to do to keep themselves afloat because all of these loans are going bad. Okay, and it's nobody's fault. Mm -hmm. It's it's they shut down. They're three weeks away, twenty six percent, three weeks away from having no cash. Um, In the next three weeks, twenty six percent of the business is gone. Eighty in the next three months. If it doesn't turn around, what are they going to do? Well, our big banks are now helping the Chinese bank bail them out because we know if they fall apart, the world falls apart. So what's going to happen is you get to a place if indeed coronavirus hits Europe hard and hits the Middle East hard uh, and starts to come over here, you are going to have people that are looking at they don't know what the future is going to hold unless Donald Trump becomes FDR which I think he'd be willing to do and comes up with all kinds of new programs a socialist who is promising free health care free college education 
guaranteed jobs at a time when the world is terrified, that's hard to beat. In this interconnected world, you've already got to see the coronavirus is already affecting American industry. Look at, one, the cruise, cruise ships yes. right now are experiencing a significant hit. I think airlines are expected to hit anywhere from 29 to $39 billion this year alone because of their industry. Uh, it's already taking a significant hit, even to the extent that wedding dresses, I read earlier today. Yeah. There's a shortage. There's going to be a proposed shortage in wedding dresses because so many are being made in China right now you know, with some nobody, of the materials. Nobody cares. But the, the market, China, is almost everybody's biggest market now. Mm -hmm. So Ralph Lauren, who's, <laughs> Ralph Lauren has had stores forever, mm -hmm. and there's nobody more stable. 26% of all of his earnings are coming out of China, mm -hmm. and almost all of his clothing is. Mm -hmm. So every store he has in China is now closed and has been closed for almost two months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's that going to do to his bottom line? And you're trying to get them here. He can't get them here. So what is that going to mean for just, that's one brand in America that's going to happen all over. You really don't think about the danger, like you think of the positive of a, the global economy. I've never really stopped and thought about how Dangerous it is. Think local. Yeah, exactly. So it is the clothing, yes. But let's let's raise the stakes a little bit and let's think about. So Axios just came out with reports that indicates that over 150 medications are going to be affected mm -hmm. because of what's happening right now with the coronavirus. There's going to be a reapportioning of what resources need to go where, or what resources can't come over here due to just just the tainted nature of what's happening over in China. So it will affect clothes, yes. But something much more significant no, would be the medication that we. So it's make. affecting everything. Last week I told you that in India, the price of aspirin was up four times. Four times in a month. Okay, um, That's just aspirin. They get 80% of all of their raw materials to make their drugs from China. Well, we do too. But what's worse is 99.7% of our antibiotics are made in China. We don't even get the raw materials and make them here. We don't make them. Mm -hmm. So when you have a society, the only, the only business that has been told by the government you're not allowed to shut down is the medical um, industry in China. So you've got people that are being forced to go to work. They don't do that with the other industries because if the other industries, if they go to work, they'll spread it more and it'll last longer. These guys are all being forced to go to work to make the world's drugs. That, that's, that's a nightmare waiting to happen, and it's already here. Mm -hmm. People are looking for someone to blame. and who are the, uh, It's kind of like NFL quarterbacks. I think NFL quarterbacks get way too much criticism when things go wrong, and they get way too much praise when things go right. I think the same can be applied in 2020 for presidents. They get way too much praise when things yep. are going right and way too much criticism when things are going wrong. Mm -hmm. But right now with the coronavirus, I would dare say right. November 2020 happens, and coronavirus is still not under control, going to get way too much criticism for something and, that's outside of Israel. It is the president right now needs to be, I mean, just ask for $50 billion, blah, 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 whatever. He needs to take the, the leadership in our country and be telling people right now, this is what this could possibly mean. That's why I asked for $50 billion mm -hmm. because, and he should be concentrating 
on the economy and the coronavirus because they go hand in hand right now. Okay, but I want to hear your analysis on the NFL quarterback situation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more to come. But first, it is really shocking uh, that your home can be stolen this easily. This is a brutal lesson that Deborah learned when thieves found her home's title online, forged it, and literally took ownership of her home. Uh, and I do mean, like, they legally owned Deborah's home. All they had to do was go online where home titles are stored and uh, hack in, which Glenn had that you had an FBI agent come and show you. Yeah. That he actually just he actually forged took, your he home. He had my title, the transfer, all ready to go. All he had to do was just turn it in, and he would have owned my house. <laughs> and Deborah, this woman you're talking about, I think this happened in Portland, um, she didn't just, they didn't just say, hey, there's a mix-up on your house. The SWAT team came <laughs> because she was considered a squatter because she was trying to work it out and going, no, I own my house. I always own my house. Right. Well, the title doesn't say this. They actually sent the SWAT team. It took her, I don't know if she's ever fully recovered financially mm -hmm. from this hit, uh, and it has taken her years just to feel safe in her own home again. Yeah. Uh, the FBI actually calls this, this is actually one of the fastest growing crimes in the country. You don't want to be next. You got to go to HomeTitleLock.com. They are the only ones who can protect you. Identity theft programs don't do it. Banks don't do it. It is Home Title Lock that is going to protect you. You might be a victim of home title fraud and you wouldn't know it yet. You don't want the SWAT team showing up at your home. All right. Take our word for it. You got to register your home at HomeTitleLock.com. If you enter Y, you will get one one month of free protection. That is the code Y for one month free at HomeTitleLock.com. Enter your address to see if you are already a victim and you don't know it yet. Go there now, HomeTitleLock.com. Just to finish up our conversation on uh, 2020 and what that's looking like after Nevada, of course, uh, Biden, Buttigieg, Warren, they're all very quickly running out of money, uh, kind of crash and burn as far as momentum goes. Um, but then there's Bloomberg. Vinny Mike doesn't run out of money. <laughs> then there's Bloomberg, who, I mean, I guess eventually he could run out of money, but that we don't want to test that. Well, we want to test that theory. He doesn't want to test that theory. Um, he, of course, has a net worth of uh, an estimated $64 billion. He's spending a ton on ads. If you're watching on YouTube, we apologize if you did see a Bloomberg ad before you clicked on the show. I hear it all the time. We don't control it. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, Michael Bloomberg, who, of course, was hit by uh, hit from Elizabeth Warren, talking about the NDAs that he had certain females sign at his company. He actually said that he is releasing three women from their gag orders following Elizabeth Warren's criticisms. She said, if any of them want to be released from their NDA so that they can talk about those allegations, they should contact the company and they will be given a release. I've done a lot of reflecting on this issue over the past few days. I've decided that for as long as I'm running the company, we won't offer confidentiality agreements to resolve claims of sexual harassment or misconduct going forward. Warren obviously was not happy with that response because nothing's ever going to be good enough, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, but... Is, I mean, does Michael Bloomberg, who, does anyone have a chance at this point? Does anyone else have a chance? Is this going to do Bloomberg anything does. for Michael? Yeah. You think Michael Bloomberg does? So. Yeah, I mean, okay. it'll be anxious to see, you know, Super Tuesday, you have a chance to vote for him and right. to see what actually happens. Uh, I mean, he's got enough money just to make it miserable. Uh, but I, I will tell you, if Bloomberg starts to come up or there's a challenge to Bernie Sanders at all, 
kiss Milwaukee goodbye. Mm-hmm. They will burn it to the ground. I and mean, you'll believe yeah. that after you watch Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You will believe. You'll know it to be true because they're already saying it. Well, yeah. They, I mean, there's a Bernie Sanders staffer who, to my knowledge, I don't think he's. Oh, no, he's I've got an hour's worth of them. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. That's not terrifying no, they're, at all. They're, I mean, they, they are not. This is the closest revolutionaries have ever gotten. And remember, this is just this is like the coming insurrection in France, a, a book where it outlined all of this. And I remember in 2008, I read that and I was like, uh, watch for these seeds here because the progressives said. They were all communists, mm-hmm. okay? They were all communists or fascists. They believed in autocratic rule. It was before the Soviet Union and before Hitler. So they all believe in that, but they didn't believe in a bloody revolution. That won't work in America, okay? What they did in Russia won't work here. Okay, so they go with these progressives for all of these years, and they keep promising, 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 promising. Nothing. Now the Marxists have their opportunity. It's this guy. And if any of them, especially their own quote-unquote side that's been lying to them the whole time, if they stand in the way, it, it's, it's 1968. I feel like you haven't gloated enough that, again, go, I don't know why I keep getting flashbacks of you at Fox, but I, I remember being in college and listening that the day's going to come when they're no longer afraid to call themselves socialists. Like, I feel like you haven't quite danced enough because we're now... <laughs> I mean, all right. He's danced it, a, little a little bit. bit. Okay. Maybe okay. yeah, I missed it. <laughs> but I feel like we gloss over that. Like, there are people in the mainstream who are proud to call them... I mean, they, they put Democratic behind it to make it feel better. But it's the, read it's the, the read, same. Read the Salon article. Read the Salon article. They've gone past that. They're not... They're not just fine saying they're a socialist. They're now fine saying, and we're going to end capitalism. Mm -hmm. We are going to chase the capitalists out. We're going to block them. We're going to fight them every way we possibly can. This is over. I mean, they're gone beyond. Oh, what? A good Swede. We're just Swedish. And That's all we happy are. birthday, America. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'll kind of reiterate what I said in the beginning because I really do believe it's true. There is the piece that there's the $60 trillion economic just uh, just revolution that he's proposing. But I still think there's Where do you more, get the $60 trillion? Because he, uh, right, he, he, he couldn't even, even say. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, there were a couple of other estimates I read uh, yeah. from some individuals. But then there's also the piece that I think that is extremely important for us to understand that in a world, in a country, in this democratic republic experiment in a country in which there's a loneliness epidemic mm-hmm. that is setting in right now. 25 years ago, the average American had 3.7 friends. That number has dropped to 1.7 today. The Cigna survey that just came out that indicates that three in five Americans are feeling lonely. A Harvard Medical School study indicated that loneliness is like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. What Bernie Sanders has been able to do is he's been able to tap into those individuals that's feeling that loneliness, that's feeling that distrust, and he's giving them a reason to hope, but for the rest of us, it's not necessarily a, a positive, beneficial reason to so hope. So, did right you now. see the slogan that Bernie had? Because it plays right into what you're mm-hmm. saying. The slogan that Bernie had at the end of that ad, mm-hmm. what did it say? Revolution is coming. No, 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 no. On that ad you just played, the last thing said, not me, period, us. Mm. Plays right into yeah. it. It's 
It's us. We're all in this together. We're sitting behind TV screens. We're sitting behind computers. We're largely disconnected from those individuals. And what Bernie has been able to do so effectively to a certain degree in 2016 to a greater degree in 2020 is tap into that unrest. And now, in turn, we're starting to see something that we never would have thought. That's what I think made Nevada so significant right now. Mm -hmm. The pieces where Bernie was, uh, was, was weak would have been Latinos, would have been the labor unions that were happening specifically in Nevada with that culinary union those those weaknesses were just strengthened over the time and it's it's interesting how we're continuing to move towards south carolina on saturday super tuesday after that mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting if i choose because. to have faith in america <laughs> they're going to reject them I, i'm just i, I in I south carolina it. what do you think is going to happen I still think Biden, Biden has it. I think yeah. you're going to get uh, from barely all, though, I right? Because in September he was up by like 20, and I, now he's up by maybe five. I think I think reports indicate that Representative Clyburn is going to come out and he's going to endorse him on Wednesday. I think that that's going to give him the bump that he needs to be that's able to a, eke I, by with a victory yeah. on it, Saturday. If he gets the Clyburn, if he gets the Clyburn endorsement, I think he wins. Uh, I think Sanders has got yeah, number two. I think Sanders. If it's a close number two, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, and, and this. I think. And I, but one of the things, like you saw, what is it? Mayor Bloomberg has spent upwards of four hundred million dollars thus far. He's willing to spend one to two billion dollars mm -hmm. on this. We saw what President Trump was able to do in 2016 with his targeted ads online. And Bloomberg has been employing some of the most brilliant minds in the digital space right now to be able to leverage that influence. I will. Be, I will. I think it's. I think it's going to be interesting to say the very least over the coming. What months. if it's just some brilliant ploy by by Democrats to make us so scared? that we're about to have a socialist that they swoop in and it's somebody like Bloomberg. You're like, oh, at least it's not. Hey, that's what I, I only lost the Second Amendment. <laughs> yeah. Not all. That's not, exactly. Not all 20 yes, plus. Exactly. Yeah. But it has been interesting to see how the Demo establishment Democrats have really begun to grow mm -hmm. increasingly uncomfortable with the prospect of Senator Sanders, the socialist Democrat that's going to be leading them into the 2020 election. Sure I mean, doesn't feel it. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, doesn't feel it, though. Mm -hmm. All right, back in a minute. Do you guys think so? Do you think it feels like anybody's freaking out about Bernie Sanders except I think the people we know? I think, no. the, I think the estate. Haney, a uh, former Department of Homeland Security official during the Obama administration who blew the whistle on his own agency, was found dead Friday with a gunshot wound uh, about 40 miles east of Sacramento, California. Now, Glenn, um, wanted to bring this up while we have you today because you knew Philip Haney. Philip was a, uh, a very deep source of mine for over 10 years. Um, I met him, uh, well, I didn't actually meet him first year or so. I didn't want to know anything about him because I didn't want to put him in danger by knowing anything. I had a go-between. So they would talk to him. They'd ask questions. You just wanted He'd, to put the go-between in danger. No, no, no. I didn't want to, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to put it because he was being looked for yeah. by the Obama administration hard. Um, and uh, and there were some very tense times uh, when he was. How long ago was this? Started two thousand, probably nine, okay. ten. Uh, brave individual. The first time I met him, actually, I met him without knowing I met him once. Um, nobody told me who he was. Mm -hmm. um, I just thought he was a guy who helped start DHS, which I'm like, oh, well, that's not so great. <laughs> um, and um, and then I met him here about 2016 or so, 
Um, he was one of the most patriotic men uh, I've ever met, uh, and decent, honorable, um, deeply spiritual. He sat in my office and talked and cried about how, what a deep responsibility and what an honor it was to be born at this time where he was in the position that he was in and the country was in the shape that it was in, that he could actually help. And, uh, I mean, he was on a mission, I think he felt, from God, and mm. I think he might have been. Um, and valiant, exact, really, really super exact on things, um, and uh, just decent, God-fearing. He could quote the founders back and forth. And uh, when I would see him, you know, I would hug him uh, and either at the beginning or the end, I would walk up to him, I'd say to him, and I'd pound him on the chest right here because he wore a thumb drive around his neck. I knew the, I knew some of the, uh, the topics mm -hmm. of the contents on that thumb drive, but he held it there because he felt he was in danger and that was everything that he had that he had taken. Um, and I didn't, I haven't, I haven't seen if they had a thumb drive around his neck after his suicide this weekend. Yeah. But from what I know, the Philip Haney that I knew for 10 years, that is the last man I would have said would commit suicide. He was about to get married. Mm -hmm. He was in the middle of writing a new book. Mm -hmm. All of his friends say he was happy, go lucky. He felt like he was doing something important. I don't personally buy it. And the new book, well, the new book was a follow-up from the previous book, and it was supposed to expose new information. The information about the that I knew that he told me he had on that thumb drive was um, game-changing. I don't want to. I um, yeah, mm. game-changing. Jason. Has it been has it been formally ruled a suicide or is that last the night? They, last night it yeah. was formally ruled a suicide. But Even he, though, yeah, right. He what he left his car. He was outside his car, right, and it was a gunshot wound to the chest in the, on a highway. On the highway. On the highway. He just decided to pull over on the side of the highway in California and shoot himself and shoot himself right. like that. Not in the car. Sure. Okay. Hmm. I don't buy it. It's a tough one. Look, it's a tough. I, I didn't know the guy, obviously, so I, I can't provide any insight on that. But anytime you have a guy like that involved in the stuff that he's involved with, and then you hear these pieces that don't seem like they all add up, it's tough. And it's hard to, um, you know, it's so many things we never know, right? Like we never get the answers. And this, to me, feels like it's going to be one of those things that it's, everybody's always going to wonder. No, you know what? Nobody's going to wonder, except a very few handful of people who either knew him or watch or listen to conservatives. Mm -hmm. The press, they're barely reporting on this story. Yeah, I barely see it. Outside of Twitter, I've barely yeah, heard it. They've, they've talked all about whistleblower that we all know. Right. This guy was in danger for the last, ever since I knew him for 10 years, this guy had been hunted by the government. He was a whistleblower. 
He was a whistleblower. And I want to respect your memory of your friend, obviously. But it's possible he could have committed suicide. No, it, it's it, not outside the possible. realm. Look, I, but the sa- same circumstance, say Colonel Vindman or whoever, whoever the whistleblower is. I, I Please it, don't say his name. Don't say his We're name. Sorry. Oh, you mean Eric uh, oh, Carmen? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that guy? If, if yeah. the same thing were to happen to him tomorrow, Do you God imagine? forbid, can you imagine? Right. Can you like, imagine? That story would not die, and it shouldn't die. I mean, if that happens to a whistleblower who is involved, in, like we, we should all want to be 100% sure of so what happened. It's my understanding that he was working on a story uh, that someone else that I know is working on right now, and um, somebody who has done a lot of stuff for us in the past and has um in the last let's say six or seven weeks has called several times just almost out of breath breathe in a bag um i'm i'm telling you they're gonna they're gonna kill me i'm telling you i'm getting death threats and they are he is getting death threats um and the people that we're dealing with now we've entered a new era in america we are becoming a Putin-esque, a Putin-esque style um, society where this stuff is real. Yeah. It's real. Yeah, my heart just goes out. I, I, one, I can't imagine what his fiance is going through right now. The idea of being able to walk down an aisle and see him in a month, and now she will no longer get to see him again. My heart goes out for her. But then just for, for the type of person as what you describe him to be, uh, as a millennial, sometimes I think we're characterized by individuals that want to fight for their rights, but they never want to ask what is their duty to their country. And it seems like this is an individual that epitomized all, all that was good with our country and was willing not only to ask the question, but to be able to fulfill the obligation that our founders fought so diligently for. It killed me. Killed me. Because he was on my show once, and I have never told what he has done. And nor will I. It was his job to do that. But it killed me to introduce him and play as if I barely knew him. Because he was was an extraordinarily brave and valiant man. And I wish America knew who they just lost. Back in a minute. Before we go, really quickly, Harvey Weinstein was found guilty today of criminal sexual act in the first degree and rape in the third degree. Uh, He was immediately handcuffed and taken into custody, and he is scheduled to be sentenced March 11th. So we will keep you posted on uh, his sentencing. It does appear that most of Hollywood has forgotten that this even happened. But we will keep you abreast of what is going on with that. Uh, Friday's poll, who would you most want to see debate Trump? 46% of you said Bernie Sanders, which again is terrifying, followed by 21% Minnie Mike, uh, Joe Biden at 18%, 19%, and Elizabeth Warren at 14%. I mean, I guess it'd be fun if you weren't thinking about all of the ramifications. If it wasn't our country burning down. <laughs> <laughs> it's our country at stake. You know, no big deal. If I was in Canada, I might enjoy this. Right, exactly. Uh, today's poll, will the DNC let Bernie take the Democratic nomination? Glenn, what do you think? Will the DNC? Will the DNC let Bernie take it? 
Oh, I don't think I think they're going to do everything they can to stop it. Yeah. Uh, but if it's too far along, which we will find out Super Tuesday, if it's too far along, they're not going to have a choice. Yeah, so they don't have a choice at the, after what happened Especially last after time. 2016. Yeah, yeah. Have a choice. Yeah. You agree, Nick? Oh, yeah, completely. Well, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. You can vote on Twitter. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you tomorrow. I bet they're wishing now that they hadn't done all that stupid stuff in 2016. 2016. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save you gotta it. keep it in the pot. Mitt Romney, he's an evil yeah. guy. Really? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.